There's a song that is on my heart. We will be turning to um, the lessons for tonight is coming out of James, but turn with me to Galatians chapter 6 as a springboard. Let's pray. Father God, Lord, we thank you, O God, for your grace, mercy, and your love. We pray, Lord, that you would get all the glory, praise due to your holy name. Meet us right where we are on our street, in our row, in our seat, Lord. Fill us afresh with your, your, our cup, Lord. Let it run over. Help us to be drawn to you, Lord. To love you, to obey you, to live for you. We thank you, O God. Forgive us for our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We thank you, O God, for the word of God. Lord, liberate our mind, our hearts, that we may live for you and die to self. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There's an old Baptist song. I don't know if it's a Baptist, but old song I learned in the Baptist church. Um, It goes something like this little chorus. Draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to the cross where thou hast died. Draw me Blessed Lord, to thy precious bleeding side, consecrate me now to thy service, Lord, by the power of grace divine. Let my soul look up with a steadfast hope, and my will be lost in thine. Draw me cross where thou hast died. Draw me nearer, nearer, precious Lord, to thy precious bleeding side. Amen. God seeks to draw us near to him. I thank God for that because it really points to his love that he has for humanity. He's drawn the saints. He's drawn the sinners. He's drawn all creation to him. How do you know that? For in Isaiah chapter 43 and 7, you guys know it, I read it often, we were created for his glory. All creation groans to glorify God. I tell you that we all have been drawn to the Lord. There's no question, no doubt in my mind that we have been drawn to the Lord. The question is, are we allowing God to draw us? Tonight, I hope, with the help of the Lord, that we encourage someone, ignite someone, push someone, nudge someone, challenge someone to be drawn to the Lord. 
In Galatians chapter 6, verse 8, it says... Oh no, we start at verse 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. You sow to the flesh, it's the opposite of sowing to the Spirit. We sow to the Spirit, it's we reap everlasting life. So you do know if we sow to the flesh, what are we going to reap? Death. Amen, brother. Death, not life. Death. You do know that sin is another word for saying death. It is open rebellion that excludes you from uh, the relationship that you would have with the Almighty God. That's why God calls all men, past, present, and future, to repent. Repent of sin. Why? Because it's a death in the relationship that grieves the heart of God. Why am I on this street, on this topic? Some of us are grieving the Lord. Look at verse 9 in Galatians. It says, And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. How many of us are giving up? You may not know it, but if you haven't read your Bible today, you're giving up. I'm giving up. If you haven't stopped by the sanctuary before you came in here, you haven't shut the door, closed the closet, went before the throne room of God in prayer, we are losing ground, drawing away, giving up. It's a reality. Whether we want to think about it or not, it's a fact. If we're not in the Word of God being sanctified, set apart for His use, we are dirty, filthy, miserable, and given up. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4, if you will. Should be right next door, General Electric Power Company. Ephesians chapter, I got that from my wife, I won't steal it from her. You know us men, we get a lot from our wives, amen. amen. So you young single man, you take note. You learn a two from your wife. Amen. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 4 verse 29. Y'all let your wife know tonight. Pastor said we can learn something from the wives. 
Might get you some brownie points even tonight. Amen. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. It says, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers. Uh, NIV says it like this, do, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. If you got a foul mouth, and I don't only I don't only mean cursing, but if we're putting people down, me included everybody, amen. We need to change what we say. We need to stop talking and shut up. A lot of times we say things that are not helpful but are harmful and and when in fact what we say is in fact putting us on a course that is drawing us away from the Lord. Man, my speech can draw me. Amen. Your speech, our speech can draw us away from the Lord. We sung it already. Draw me near. We, our desire is to be drawn to the Lord. Should be. That's my desire. With a show of hands, is that your desire? Amen. God is, your, is the witness. If you're raising your hand, lying to the Lord, guess what? He sees your motives. <laughs> he sees it. Look at verse 30 in chapter 4. It says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. God has sealed us when we believe, when we repented, believed in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, which is the gospel. We have been sealed. Our salvation is sealed. But in the meantime, before the day that we, this flesh, which is corruptible, put on incorruption, this mortal put on immortality. We are not to grieve the Holy Spirit. Mm -mm -mm. Verse 30 says, Grieve not the Holy Spirit. Which means we can cause pain, grief, and distress unto the Lord. So that's how you know God is not a force according to Jehovah Witnesses, but he's the third person Holy Spirit in the Godhead. We can grieve the Holy Spirit because he is drawing us to the Lord. But when we rebel, when we go opposite, when we go counter or when we disobey when we don't receive our marching orders in hand for you military veterans in here amen we walk out of step if we continue in this life to be disobedient 
we are drawing away from the Lord. It's grieving him. Let's go to First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19. We haven't even gotten a lesson yet. Hope you got some time. We're going to see what the Lord say tonight. First Thessalonians chapter 5 is, is where all the T's line up. First Thessalonians, Timothy, Titus, all together. I like that. It's all the T's because we're going to tee off on this point right here. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19. Short little verse, but jam-packed with some power. It says, do not quench the spirit. Period. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Don't quench the Holy Spirit. Quenching the Holy Spirit speaks of our, us hindering the operation or the work that God has through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is doing a work, shaping us, molding us into the image of Jesus Christ. And when we resist the operation through the Holy Spirit, when we walk in the flesh and not in the Spirit, we quench the Spirit. When the Lord says, read the Bible, we don't read it. We, say it with me, we quench the Holy Spirit. When the Lord tells us to pray and we don't pray, we quench the Holy Spirit. When the Lord says, go witness and we don't witness, we quench the Holy Spirit. When the Lord says, rebuke and we don't rebuke, we what? Quench the Holy Spirit. When the Lord says, go to church and we don't go to church, we what? Quench the Holy Spirit. When the Lord says, raise your hand in church and praise the Lord and say hallelujah and we don't, we what? Quench the Holy Spirit. You get the point. Don't quench the Holy Spirit. Let me ask y'all a question. How many of us would want to remain a baby and not grow up? Break, can I see your hands? You want somebody spanky, changing diaper? Well, since we don't want to be babies, in a spiritual sense, God wants us to mature from being on milk to meat. How do you do that? How do we do that? By not quenching the Holy Spirit. Now the word quench means hinder. We are being challenged, all of us, amen, because the word of God is a two-edged sword. It cuts the preacher to the pew, amen. Nobody is exempt from the word of God, amen. So just because you're hearing it through my, my lips, don't think it's not cutting me. We are all called to obey God and not quench the Holy Spirit. Okay, let's jump in the, let's jump in the passage tonight. James chapter 4. Now so far we've been going to the right with all our scriptures tonight. You guys notice that? That wasn't by accident. Reason why we've been going right because God wants to get us all right. Alright, here we go. James chapter 4. It says, uh, you know what, I want to read this in the, in the NIV. I just want to read that in the NIV. It says, James chapter 4, verse 1. 
what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but you do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want. So you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives. That you may spend what you get on your pleasures. You adulterous people, do not, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think Scripture says without reason that he jealously longs for us, for the spirit he has caused to dwell in us? But he gives us more grace. That is why scripture says, God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Here we go. Verse 7 through 10. This is the highlight of of tonight's lesson. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God or draw near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, wail, change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Verse 10, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. The reason why we have a lot of conflict in the church, arguments in the church, arguments in our homes, arguments in, on our jobs, quarrels as such, those who are believers is because we're walking in the flesh. We have arguments because our flesh is a mess. Our flesh wants to do what it wants us to do, live how it wants to live. But God wants us to live differently. Verse 4 says, Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? If this applies to you, stop going with the current. Blending with the trend. Stop camouflaging with the culture. Sin is sin. LGBT, all of it's sin. I don't care if it's at your job, they're talking about it. Don't ask me because I'm going to tell you. You ask, so I'm going to tell you. God has placed each and every one of us in the body of Christ that we may not, that we may be a witness to not compromise. Some of you are retired. You still don't supposed to compromise. We still supposed to be the spokespersons of God. His mouthpiece everywhere we go. I don't care what so-called Christian uh, business 
claim they're Christian, but if they're supporting woke and all this other stuff that's foolishness and sinful, they ain't getting my dollars. God doesn't want us to be a friend with the world. To be a friend with the world means that we're living according to world standards. That means, let's do a litmus check. Let's check. We're going to check the temperature, thermometer check right now. We're going to see if you either hot or cold on this issue or lukewarm. Amen. I'm in the Bible. If you... No. If we decide to live like the world, which means that the world don't read their Bible, and we claim to be a Christian and we haven't read our Bible today, are we living the Christian life or like the world? I can't hear everybody. Like the world. It's, fun, it's fundamental. It's, it's, it's the ABCs. We got to read the word. Now, now if, if you read the word, I'm not talking to you. If you read the word every day, I'm not talking to you. But I'm encouraging you to keep reading. Amen. But for those of us who don't read the word, I'm not seeing anybody out. We need to start reading the word. Not only do we need to read the word, I heard you over there, somebody said it. We need to study to show ourselves approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. I don't care how young you are, how old you are, we should be able to rightly divide God's word and share it with someone. <clears throat> And give clarity to those or make give the sense like the to those who don't don't know. Don't be a friend with the world. We will be an enemy of God. You know, God is graciously given us, verse 6, He's given us grace so that we can get right, church, and let's go home. You know, there was an old uh, deacon, he used to sing, Get right, church, and let's go home. Get right, church, and let's go home. Get right, church. Get right, church. Get right, church, and let's go home. Then you sing this song. I'm going home on a morning train. I'm going home on a morning train. I'm going home. I'm going home. I'm going home on a morning train. You said now. He said, back, back train may be too late. Back, back train. I mean, move back. Pick up some more passengers. Back, back train. Country. Back, back train. Back, back train may be too late. Now, I've seen that song, and you say, man, that's an old song. He's old soul. Listen, <laughs> listen, listen. Some of y'all young folk in here, y'all don't know it, but I'm planting seeds of old hymnals in you right now. You know, 
The Holy Spirit brought that back to my remembrance right now because I didn't understand it then, but I understand it now when they were singing those songs as them deacons in the front of the church, they were stirring the hearts of the people to get ready to meet the Lord. Amen. So in essence, what he was saying in that song, thank you, Holy Ghost, was to draw near to God. Every time we praise the Lord, we sing unto the Lord, we, we do everything unto the Lord, we're drawing near to him. And the scripture says we draw near to him, he'll draw near to us. He wants a healthy relationship. He wants a gracious relationship. He wants a blessed relationship with us on a day-to-day -day basis. Stop neglecting that relationship. Please, if, that's, if that applies to you, I'm pleading with you. Please stop neglecting that relationship. Now, seven is six things that we need to do uh, in terms of... Now, really, in chapters, in verse 7 through 10, it's really a picture-perfect scene of a perfect picture of repentance. Let's walk the text. Can we walk the text? Okay. Look at verse 7, if you will. It says, Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Number one, if we are have picture-perfect repentance, we must what? Number one, submit to God. Everybody say it with me. Submit to God. That means we must be subject to God. We must be obedient to God. The first step, amen. Thank you, Holy Ghost. The first step is allowing God to be Lord over our life. Amen. Then Savior. We must bow in humble submission under his leadership, Godhead, that we must what? It'll help us to repent. It'll help us to have a change of life, style. Then it says, the other, number one, submit. Number two, resist the devil. Some of us be flirting with the devil. We see a fine chick, we just keep looking. And the Holy Spirit be like, stop looking. Instead of stopping quarter of the way, we want to go three quarters and get a little bit more look. Am I the only one that did that? <laughs> I just said I did that, past tense. I didn't say I presently do it, but I'm saying, what I'm saying to you is we're all susceptible to do it even present tense if we don't walk in the Spirit. Amen. 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 We want to make sure we cover all the self-righteous folk in here. <laughs> Amen. If we're not in the word of God, we can too grow weary in well-doing and we can grow weary by what? Yielding to the flesh. The flesh is a mess. Number one, the picture perfect, uh, a picture perfect scene of repentance is number one, submit. Number two, resist the devil. The Bible says resist the devil. And he will flee from you. Let me talk about when you get tempted, the devil made me do it. You ain't resisted him. Let me say that one more time. Stop lying and saying, the devil made me do it. And you haven't resisted him. You haven't rebuked him. 
Now we all know our weaknesses, right? Our tailor-made iniquities. Amen? Amen. Now if you know you like, I'm just using that as an example, you know you like now latest pumpkin pie, sweet potato pie, peach cobbler, and you know you diabetic prone, you need to <laughs> resist the devil. <laughs> I'm using that as an example. But that apply to any pie. <laughs> Amen. We just talking to men, right? Amen. Amen. All right. All right. Number one, submit. Number two, resist the devil. Number three, look at what it says. Verse eight, draw near to God. If we're going to repent, we need to draw near to God. Haven't you noticed every time you want to, in the past, when you looked at uh, pornography or when you lied or whatever you did that was sinful, it drew you away from God. But when we resisted the devil and in our minds made it up to draw near to God, guess what? He helped us to repent. I'm a witness. We must draw near to God. All right, number four. It says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Number four, it says, cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Notice that James called believers sinners. Hmm. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Now, when it talks about cleanse your hands, that speaks of a change. Everybody say it with me. A change in action. If you ain't got no change in no action, you haven't repented. Say it one more time. If there's no change in the action, then we haven't repented. If you're still looking at pornography, no change in action, you have not repented. If you're still lying and you haven't began to tell the truth, no change in action, you have not repented. Everybody understand my point? When it says cleanse your hands, that's outward, right? That's what we see. It should be a change in lifestyle outwardly. I'm going somewhere. I'm going to get on your street. Here we go. It says, you sinners, purify your hearts. That speaks of the unseen, the motives, the desires, the hidden stuff that we can't see. Look, look at your neighbor right next to you. You don't know if you, your neighbor right next to you is thinking about something that they shouldn't be thinking about right now, but God sees it. Y'all with me? I'm in the text. The word of God is, man, it, it, it come right down on your row. All row. Amen. It says, cleanse your heart hourly, cleanse your hands hourly, you sinners, and purify your hearts. That speaks of the inward change that needs to take place. That speaks of our, a change in our motives and desires. We must have our desires to please the Almighty God. Then it says, you double-minded. Oh, I like that. I don't like it, but we're going to talk about it. Being double-minded means we need to confess 
are mixed emotions. Sometimes we hot, sometimes we cold. Sometimes we want to come to church, sometimes we don't want to come to church. Sometimes we want to read the Bible, sometimes we don't want to read the Bible. Sometimes we want to pray, sometimes we don't want to pray. You understand what I'm saying? Double-minded. We need to be single-minded, sober-minded, mind-made-up, straight, not deviating, not wavering, not swerving, not drifting. Y'all understand what I'm saying? We need to have our minds made up to live for Jesus every day. But the only way we can have our minds renewed, we must read the Word, study the Word every day. Amen. Alright, let's keep going. It says, lament, verse, verse 9, lament, mourn, weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy into gloom. We got some repentance to do. There's some things in our lives that we should not be laughing, laughing about. We should be mourning. We should be crying. Because it, it's, it doesn't please God. Oh, amen. All of us have something in our life that's not pleasing to God. Then it says, verse 10, uh, number 6, last one. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. We must be humble. You can close your Bibles now. We must be humble. We got some of us have pride. You know that ain't me. That's pride. You lying? He ain't talking to me. You lying? Pride. If we humble ourselves before the Lord, from verse seven through ten. What did we say? We said, submit, resist the devil, draw near to God, cleanse your hands, purify your hearts. And then the last one, humble ourselves. <clears throat> That's a picture perfect display of repentance. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you, O God, for your grace, your mercy, and your love. Thank you for the challenge, Lord, to draw near to you as you draw near to us. We pray, oh God, you'll stir our hearts and our minds, Lord, to live for you, love you, obey you. Lord, if, Lord, we need to repent. Lord, forgive us for our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Help us to put on the mind of Christ. From the old to the young. Help us, Lord. To flee from youthful lusts. To lead young women, young ladies, our wives, everyone as mighty men of valor to you, Lord. To be men of integrity. Mighty men of valor. Of which you made us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.